Books are uniquely portable magic. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, and I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan. Thanks for listening, specifically to that quote by Stephen King. Now, I've been doing really, really well and not mentioning Stephen King every day, every week, every episode for the last three episodes or so, but I've been um, definitely going through a Stephen King binge with these books. I started off with On Writing, A Memoir of the Craft, which is where this quote lies, by the way, and then I just kept going because absolutely... uh, inspirational piece of writing here inspired me to read and listen to books taken books in a totally different way than I've been doing thus far being more present if you will but anyway Stephen King says a lot about writing in this memoir but much more I feel impacted me about the reading aspect of it hence the magic part of the quote He's very eloquent at describing a lot of things and describing how he as the writer wants to make us feel as the reader is probably uh, one of the more brilliant parts of the writing in this book. A little indulgent at points, but still very, very fun. I loved the book. Now, let's move on to the CELA homepage, the Center for Equitable Library Access at celalibrary.ca is where you can go for these three featured titles right at the top of the home page. Asphalt Prophecy by Pira Sayuz Lore, Adventure Stories, and the second one is The Queer Evangelist by Sherry DeNovo. This is an LGBTQ plus biography. And the third and final featured title up there so far is Twice a Quinceanera by the Malside Mendez. This is a contemporary romance. We're going to stick with Sila for the next little bit as well, because on the blog, which is very easy to find up on the site, they titled this post, Books About the Power of Books, published on September 8, 2022 by Karen McKay. And it's a very significant day this year. I'll tell you why in a second. They say they've gathered books about books and book lovers in honor of International Literacy Day, which was September 8th, 2022. So books have an incredible capacity to educate, entertain, and connect us, which is why it's crucial for everyone, including those with print disabilities, have access to reading materials and the skills and tools to read them. Here are three highlights that I personally picked from this list, but the list goes on and the reasons and highlights um, for these books that have been chosen in this blog post, I think are fabulous and wonderful by our friends from Sila. So please continue on after listening to this episode to check out the remaining books, because uh, if you like these, you will like the other ones. They're amazing. So the three highlights. The first one is The Reading List, a novel by Sarah Nisha Adams. Uh, a little, I'll tell you a little about each of these picks. About this one's about um, how a chance encounter with a list of library books helps forge an unlikely friendship between two very different people living in a London suburb. So one of these characters is Elijah, 
Elijah is a bright but anxious teenager working at the local library for the summer when she discovers a crumpled up piece of paper in the back of To Kill a Mockingbird. It's a list of novels that she's never heard before. But intrigued, she impulsively decides to pick and read every book on this list one after another. As each story gives up its magic, the they transport Alasia from the painful realities that she's facing at home. This is really good. The next one, Writing Alida in Karan by Azar Nafisi. This uh, takes place in Iran in the late 90s. Azar Nafisi and seven young women, her former students, gather at her house every Thursday to discuss forbidden works of literature. Shy and uncomfortable at first, they soon begin to open up not only about the novels they were reading, but also about their own dreams and disappointments. Their personal stories intertwine with the ones they're reading about, which makes this a fabulous book for you to check out. The last one is called I'd Rather Be Reading The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life by Anne Borgel. For so many people, reading isn't just a hobby or a way to pass the time. It's a lifestyle. So you can learn more about how all these people in these short journalistic reviews describe that lifestyle when you check it out. On today's episode, we're going to be checking in with Amir Khan. He's got a fun theme for us today on AMI Audiobook Review. This is AMI Audiobook Review, and it's time to get into audiobooks with Amir Khan. Amir is back, of course, near the end of the month. We check in with him on his reading list and how that's progressing. Uh, but also, we have a theme of the day. Sometimes it takes two, but not so fast. We'll get into it shortly on the theme. But Amir, what are you reading right now? So sort of dovetailing off my last month's books of true crime, I somehow ended up reading some fiction crime books, which is not entirely surprising since that's a genre I, I really like to, to read in terms of suspense and whodunits and these pieces. But um, two very, very different books I came across. Um, one I have mentioned before, um, the movie L.A. Confidential, uh, which was based on a book by James Elroy. Uh, I tried to listen to this book from Sila, but the recording was was fairly old and, and not doing too well but they fixed it up and i found it mm. on my bookshelf so i gave it a shot and it is a very very dark 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 gritty um police drama type of type of book um there's a lot of sort of surprises and and, and lots of lying and then all sorts of other things but it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, there's a lot of slang which wouldn't be acceptable in today's sort of world. Um, the book is set in the late 1940s and was written in the late 1980s, I believe. Um, it's also not okay. for the faint hearted because there's tons of gore and, <laughs> and this type of stuff. Um, for, for one of the previous books I reviewed, uh, The Poet by uh, Michael Connolly, I, I described it as being sort of black and white. And when you're reading it, you get that sort of feeling. Um, this book is sort of like that, but double or triple times the uh, the effect. Um, yeah. Mm. It, so it must have been a difficult one for you because you're not always 
keen to pick up a book if you already know ahead of time how yeah in general it's hard for me to 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 get through a book if i'm not enjoying it i mean for the for the most part i pick up books because i want to enjoy the read and enjoy the ride and enjoy the story um this one was was more of oh no you know the the, our central character is doing this that the other thing and sort of falling off the wagon constantly uh in terms of his life and you're like what are you doing why are you doing that you have everything you know and you know you're seeing these sort of things things keep happening and um so it, it wasn't easy it, it is intriguing if, if you are a fan of the dark and sort of detective um sort of anti-hero sort of genre i, I think you'd enjoy this this book um but definitely not uh you know a feel good <laughs> type of read no um no, and you kept going with fiction crime. Uh, was the next yeah. one? I'm assuming this one wasn't. Uh, this one is either. actually better. Um, this one uh, okay. is was recommended by Sarah Patel, who you've had on the show before, um, an author by the name of Karen Wolf, and she has an interesting style uh, in terms of the way she's actually gone about writing her books in general. Um, so there, all her books are numbered, sort of like one through. I think she's at uh, twenty or something now. Um, but she has a style where she she introduces certain characters in, in a book in a certain location. So I started with number 12, um, which is the beginning of the Baltimore series, I believe. And the central character is a medical examiner who's female. And, you know, these somebody keeps murdering people and leaving the uh, body for her to find. And there's some tie backs to her hometown where, you know, she's not currently living. And, you know, she has to sort of piece it together. And it's a really interesting read. Um, again, not for the faint of heart, but this is more of a, of a feel good and, and more realistic and more in color type of read, um, as I would put it. Um, and the interesting part of the generality of the way she writes is that the next book, which I've already started, uh, it also takes place in Baltimore, but sort of shifts the central character to somebody else, but somebody who was introduced in the mm-hmm. previous book. So it's almost like a, a handoff or a relay race into the into the next book. And a lot of romance authors will do that where, you know, there's a group of four friends and, you know, the, the first book starts with one friend and sort of goes goes down the line. Um, this one is less obvious in terms of that sort of in that sort of way. Um, but you do get it. It's a nice comfort factor, especially if you're if you're looking for a series, but you're, you're not sure you want to get into it in the middle and, and worried about things that happened before or not. Each book is sort of standalone, but you get just enough of an introduction of some of the characters so you can go on and then and read more. Right. The link is there. Now, you said it's not always obvious that the link is there. So are you left kind of wondering um, by the end of a, the book, you know, if this is going to be the plot? character development for the well, next one? I think one? you're you're more looking at it from when you pick up the next book, you're wondering where the, the people from the previous book might might, might fit into it. Yeah. Um, because it's such a big shift in terms of, you know, the, the central characters won't be the same. There's no expectation of <laughs> of them sort of driving the bus, but you're, you're sort of just looking out to see where they fit in and, and, and that kind of thing while the um, the action starts. And, and Karen Wolf is great at sort of starting the book off with tons of action. Um, so you're, you're sort of, she's sort of got you right away. So they're not short mm. books. Uh, the Karen Wolf okay. books are in the, uh, 18 hour, I believe, uh, range. Um, so, uh, if you're looking to curl up with a good mystery or whodunit, um, it's a good one to pick up. For a, for a, a couple mm-hmm. weeks in a row. <laughs> 
sounds amazing. Yeah, I know uh, Sarah's a, a huge fan of these series, so that's definitely a good highlight. Now, Amir, sometimes it takes two. This is the theme for today. So what do you mean by this? So this came about because I started reading books by an uh, author by the name of L.T. Ryan. And he's got two series on the Sila, uh, in the Sila collection. One series is about sort of a CIA operative. And the other one is about um, a woman who sees dead people but doesn't know really what it means but ends up helping police solve crimes. Um, so there are two very different series. And what I noticed was that um, the co-author for both these series is different. So it looks like this author is, is teaming up with different other authors to uh, make his series. And it got me thinking about books which are written by more than one author and what they might look like and, and what they might uh, entail. So I started to go down that route of, of that um, particular avenue of taking a look at what collaboration might look like for books. Uh, and before I get into the books, um, there is actually an event that has authors collaborating um, tomorrow, uh, mm. Sunday, September 25th, um, at the Evergreen Brickworks here in Toronto as part of the uh, Toronto Book Awards. Um, so it's an interesting event. I mean, we usually don't interact with authors all that much outside of, you know, book launches and um, those sort of events. And I, I found this event a little right. bit unique where they're doing it at the Evergreen Brickworks, which is more of a park atmosphere. And you have authors who will be doing nature walks and, and reading from some of their pieces at the same time. And, you know, the morning is dedicated to kids and, and that type of thing. So um a walk and read? I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a very unique sort of look. Uh, I know last week you were talking to Peter about book clubs, and that's another sort of interaction you can have with books, and sometimes authors get involved with those book clubs as well. But I, I found this interesting where, you know, this is much more sort of nature-focused um, in terms of, you know, come out to, to this natural space, we'll walk you around, and you can talk to the authors. There's also a component um, that's called Soapbox Science, where some recent PhD graduates will be talking about their thesis um, and doctoral pieces on environmental and naturalistic related subjects. So it's amazing. Thank you for highlighting that. I mean, Evergreen Brickworks is a beautiful place to to go anyway in uh, Toronto. Farmers markets and food are a couple of reasons why I've been there. But um, this is a really lovely place. When we say when we name our favorite places to read and relax with a book, I automatically think of outdoor spaces. So I think it's wonderful that they've um, highlighted that and, and the authors will show up for it. Yeah, it gets me curious about other events that maybe, you know, that they'll have something in, at Halloween in the dark or something to really scare the pants off of you or something. But... Yeah. Oh, my God. Fear Fest. You run away from the zombies at Wonderland with your book. And I think this is a great segue into talking about another really unique sort of co-authored piece I came across um, last month. Unfortunately, it wasn't um, human narrated uh, last month, but it is now. So that's the good news. And this piece mm -hmm. of work is called uh, No Rest for the Dead. And the reason why I, I describe it as a piece of work rather than a novel is because there are over 20 authors that authored this book. Um, and there's sort of the who's who of American literature, including R.L. Stein and quite a few others in the suspense genre. And this is an interesting piece because they've written it like a relay race. So one author actually wrote each chapter and after each chapter, the next author took up the thread of the chapter and kept going and writing the book. So it's wow. a, I'm really looking forward to reading it. I've given it uh, as a choice for um, 
for Amma's Evening Book Club uh, to the group uh, for, for next month. We'll see if that happens or not. But like, I found it really interesting that, that all these authors decide to collaborate on, on a book like this and really curious to see what there is. Some yeah, big names, yeah, too. Definitely. That's it's very playful, right? Like it reminds me of kind of an icebreaker idea, but exactly. legit. <laughs> like put it down on paper, we're publishing. It's like it. Im, it's almost like an improv, right? Uh, you know, you go, you yes, do this, you do that, but it's on paper, so uh, yeah, I'd imagine it'd be a lot more challenging. Hmm. And how many times do you want to go back? And uh, I would love to hear the tendencies of the authors who went through this. How many times do you want to go back and um, change up what the previous person wrote to kind of <laughs> set exactly. the tone for your chapter? And how you keep cohesion, right? Yes. I mean, every author has their little bit of style and, and, and sort of uh, what they're known for and, and where they go uh, in terms of their storyline. So, Oh, that's yeah. fun. That's very fun. Did, did, you, did you mention um, the, the genre, the tone of this? I believe it's a suspense. Okay. So it starts with, uh, I, I think, the um, some people finding a, a, a dead body and not knowing what to do um, about it. Uh, and I don't think it's supposed to be very gory. I think that's just like sort of the background premise of the play of the uh, of the piece. But um, yeah, I'll have to read it to find out more. Well, it leaves a lot of room for exploration. You know, suspense in general. So definitely, yeah. And there are certainly authors who are famous for uh, collaborating. Um, one of your favorite authors, Stephen King, uh, has collaborated with mm-hmm. a countless number of authors, mm-hmm. um, and you know others are out there. But um, I took a couple of you know random lists on Google and and, and the internet in terms of to see which books uh, sort of pop up more than others. Um, one of them that came I came across was actually recommended by Debbie Williams, who's another contributor on the program, um, and the title is called Inheritance, and the author is uh, pen named. Um, Judith Michaels and even the name is interesting because this is written by a husband and wife team um, with uh, obviously the the female portion being uh, Judith and the male portion being Michael Um, and and they write together Um, this piece is definitely not for somebody who's looking for a short read I think it's about 28 hours long Um, it's what I would call an epic (laughs) type of read um, but it's a classic story done in, in a very nice way in terms of a storyline. Uh, starts with sort of um, somebody uh, who's poor and young and looking to to rob some rich people by being employed by them, um, and doesn't have the heart to do it anymore because uh, you know the family takes her in, and everything sort of starts from there and it, and it goes through many many years. But you know you go from New York to Chicago to a couple of other places. Um, you know, I like to use the R words in here, romance, redemption, revenge. I mean, it's all sort of baked into this, into this very long book, but, um, especially with winter coming up, this might be a good, uh, read for, uh, by the fireplace. Now you've read this or started reading it? I'm done. You're done. Oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. So it, would you, knowing that it was a husband wife team, knowing that it was kind of a collaborative author, uh, experience did you look for that in the writing? I don't know what you would exactly look for because it's, you know, all edited and polished, but um, were there hints that the authors put out there? You know, this is maybe more of an inside question for the authors, but I'm definitely curious about that kind of thing. You know, where do we notice her style and his and uh, what what elements were more his than hers, etc.? Yeah, two two parts I was sort of I had in the back of my mind when I was reading this was one if I could pick out which part would be male and which part would okay. be female, yep. sort of along classic lines, 
And then the second piece was whether I could spot a difference in terms of styles in general. Mm-hmm. And I honestly couldn't do that. <laughs> it was a very well put together piece. They did it so well. Where if I, yeah, if I didn't know that it was a husband-wife theme, I, I wouldn't be able to tell. Um, and, and I came across other authors who, who where they do the same thing, where a husband and wife would alternate the chapters. So it's not a new concept. that uh, It has been done. It was new to me in terms of being aware of it and reading it. But there are several books and several collaborators. I even came across one book, which was written by ex-husband and wife, mm. uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, they just didn't want to let go of their uh, professional yeah. endeavors. Either that or maybe the only thing they had left in common. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's write their stories. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it, it is interesting. You know, I also thought of, uh, we got one more example that you wanted to give, but I also thought of when this theme came up for us today, the aspect of one author finishing a book and then another author feeling like they need to pick up the story. And I'm thinking of Gone with the Wind, right? And then the the second book, Scarlet, which was written by a completely different person. And in that book uh, or in those two books I was doing the same thing I'm like oh let's let's nitpick the heck out of this one and see uh, if we can figure out how different the books are from each other but honestly it was so hard to do because um, I found it to be phenomenal as a continuation from Gone with the Wind. Yeah it's amazing how seamless some some authors can be even though there might be different people Um, you know Tom Clancy's another example of that where he passed away and people still took up his his, his sort of style right. and, and the series that, that, that he wrote. Um, and it's very difficult to tell style-wise, at least for me and, and for most people, I think, you know, the difference between him and others. And, and I think that's a great, you know, mark to uh, the people who took up that particular project yes. that that it's so, so well done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting concept where, you know, you have people who, who are writing in the style of, of, of somebody else or, or trying to uh, emulate uh, them in, in terms of those pieces. Um, action is always an interesting one to me because it, it seems so formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every time there's a new action hero um, that, that's put to paper, you have influences which are out there, just like you have for all sorts of action movies. But um, it's interesting to see how people take it in, in a different direction. And do it so well. Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. you want to hit one more before we let you go? I do. I saved the most unique for last. Um, It has the most unique title as well. Um, It's a long one, so bear with me. Uh, It's called Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter Witch. Um, And this is done (laughs) by a collaboration of two very well-known fantasy writers, uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing those names right. Neil Gaiman, yep. Um, And again, from... From a seamless perspective, I really can't tell the difference um, between whether this was done by two people or one. The book sort of looks at four different storylines which are going on at the same time. Uh, it's one central storyline, but there's sort of four groups of characters which are which are following throughout this piece. And the genre is a bit different. So if you're not into fantasy, um, this might not be for you. Um, but it is very much a religious fantasy satire. Um, the central characters in the book are... Uh, a demon and an angel who are trying to uh, put the brakes on the end of the world in a very funny and <laughs> hilarious way. Um, the book is sarcastic. It's very non-serious. Um, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, Netflix shows like, you know, The Adventures of Sabrina oh, or yeah. Lucifer, this is sort of along the same lines. 
Um, the book can get a bit long in the tooth towards the middle, um, but I'll be honest, the, the narration by, by Jonathan Oliver, um, there's a, the, the, one of the main characters is named Demon Crawley. And I, I think for the <laughs> entire time I was reading the book, I was just waiting for him to say anything because he does it so, so well. Yeah. <laughs> As always, shout out to our narrators. Amr, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun and just an interesting thing to look at, you know, collaboration of writing. Um, whether it's meant to be, you know, distinct and different between authors or where you're all pooling in your expertise to get one thing out. Appreciate it. Hey, sometimes it just takes two. Exactly. Or three or 20 <laughs> in some of the examples. Amir Khan joining us just before the last week, uh, the last Tuesday of the month to be specific. And he joins us with his trends, recommendations, and all kinds of amazing audiobook news. That's it for today's episode of AMI Audiobook Review. And until next week's brand new fresh episode, happy audiobook listening. AMI's Described Video Guide lists television programming available for viewers who are blind or partially sighted. From dramas to sitcoms, documentaries to movies, children's programming to animated series, AMI's Described Video Guide has it all. For a comprehensive list of described television programming in Canada, visit ami.ca slash dvguide or call toll-free 1-855-855-1144. I'm Greg David, Communication Specialist at AMI. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.